1: And a happy National Radio Day to you. And, uh, of course, we owe a debt of gratitude to Mr. Marconi, the inventor of this wonderful medium we call radio. Well, that's a piece of useless information for you. Welcome to the place where we talk fishing with our field staff of professionals. Got lots of those guys coming up to help you find those fish. And it might be time to talk a little hunting. You know, dove season kicks off. Do you have a dove hunting trip planned? Uh, I've got a couple of them scheduled. The Labor Day weekend, I'll be hunting those White-winged, uh, special white-wing early season in South Texas. Uh, the second split of Alabama's dove season. I'll be hunting in Fairhope, Alabama in October. And we're going to run down Louisiana neighboring states uh, to the east uh, when they will have their seasons. I'm getting lots of requests. If you happen to know of any pay-per-day public dove hunts, please text me that information. If you're a, a guide service or a, a rancher or a farmer that has dove hunts, I can help fill it up for you. I promise Text me your info at 504-260-1870, and let me know where the hunt's going to take place and who the contact person might be. I'll also send you in your questions and comments, as always. And you may want to comment on this. Let- yesterday afternoon, I received the waterfowl breeding population estimate from U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. It was released, and i got to tell you, it's not looking good for the 2022-23 20, season. We'll kind of run down that for you. Also, this is the third anniversary of the death of beloved participant in this radio program. He was on for many years, talking about our buddy Captain Tofield Bourgeois. uh, Lost his life in a tragic plane crash doing what he loved. He was flying back from Breton Sound from a fishing trip. Your memories of those trips, if you happen to go with him, uh, or something Captain Tofield did or said, he was a favorite on this program. Text me your favorite Captain Tofield Bourgeois. Story, and we uh, may actually hear a little bit of his voice from the past. I think that would be nice. Also, by choice last week, uh, you decided the audience, that is, to hear the case of the Red Snapper Nappers. Well, we had another one to pick from, and that was the uh, Charter Captain Imposter. So you're going to hear that story. Coming up a little bit later on this morning. Got so many bad boy stories this week, I don't know where to go with them. We got them stacked up and waiting for weeks and weeks. Uh, it never ends. We're also on Red Snapper Watch in Louisiana. We have now, through August 7th, which was two weeks ago, we're at 71% of our quota. Now, the quota was 809000 and some change. We now have, through the 7th, 572000 By my calculations, that looks like we have been averaging about 52,000 pounds of snapper per three-day weekend. And uh, if you divide that into what we have left of the quota, I'm going to make a prediction. We've got somewhere between four and six of those three-day weekends to go. Two of them are already down. And uh, when you get the forecast for what's happening offshore today, I think they're going to be another snapper haul. So sometime around Labor Day, maybe a couple weeks after, depending on how the weather goes and what fishermen can get to the snapper, I think that will finally fill up the quota. All right, that coastal marine forecast looks really good for today. South winds offshore, one-foot seas predicted. I haven't seen that in years. 60% chance of rain this afternoon, a little bit of it moving in from the Gulf. On the inside, the interior lakes and bays, smooth conditions, only a south wind at 5. Not much breeze unless you happen to get close to one of those pop-up thunderstorms. Good tide range, average is 1.3. It's going to be rocking and rolling. And our buddy, the Mississippi River, continues to fall on the gauge right now, 3.5 foot. That's low. And for a lot of people fishing down around the Venice area, that is good. All right, we'll be back right after this. Kick it all off with our fishing field reporters with Robbie Campo at Shell Beach. He's next right here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Let's take a little trip down to Saint Bernard to the parish and talk to Robbie Campo at Campo's Marina. Robbie, how you doing this morning? How the fishing was this week? A lot of people got wet, but a lot of people caught some fish.
2: Yeah, well, you know, Don, um, <laughs> we had a lot of rain this week, uh, but you know, um, I tell you. The fishing wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It's August. I'm not going to lie to you. It's hot. Um, uh, you know, and we didn't have, we had west wind. We didn't have a whole lot of tide this week. But yesterday, yesterday we saw a change. Um, you know, we had a little bit different wind yesterday. We had some tide range yesterday. And uh, and some people put some fish in the boat yesterday. I'm not gonna say yeah, Everybody caught limits. That's not that's not true. Um, you know, but I did see you know 30, 35 fish in a boat. Um, and you know, there is the one guy that comes in with two limits. You know what I mean? You know, him and his buddy got two limits. So I did see that yesterday. But for the most part, um, earlier in the week, people were just trying to get by those long rocks and you know catch some sheephead or a couple of black drum or whatever to, you know, to catch that big box. And <clears throat> that's how, that's how it went this week. Um, but like I, like I said, yesterday we saw, you know, we saw a big change yesterday with, with some tide movement. And, you know, um, they caught some fish yesterday over in Anastasia and um, Bay O'Wire yesterday and over reef in the uh, eastern end of the Biloxi Marsh. So, you know, and it, and live shrimp is the ticket right now, uh, Don. I, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you know, a guy told me they used plastic yesterday, he couldn't hardly get a bite on it. They said all they wanted was live shrimp. Um, there is plenty of shrimp out there in that marsh, so I guess that's what these fish are feeding on. But uh, if you're coming down today, and it's a, I, I see just a couple little bitty spotty showers out there around the river, the mouth of the river, but I don't think it's going to be too, too bad. But... Um, uh you always got to keep an eye out for that stuff because it can blow up on you. But if you're coming on down today, hook the lever at the bridge and come on down and see us.
1: All right. Thanks for the report, Robbie. Always appreciate it. Got plenty of shrimp, huh?
2: Absolutely. We got plenty on hand.
1: All right. See Robbie down there at Campos Marina. Good luck to everybody. Thanks again, Robbie. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Robbie Campo. All right, I mentioned that the, uh, the duck breeding population numbers were released, and they estimated the population to be at 34.2 million, which is 12% lower than the last estimate. Now, we missed a couple of years because of the COVID thing. 2019's estimate was 38.9 million. So it dropped down about 12% lower, but it's also 4% below the long-term average. And looking at the, the specific species, uh, from 2019, there's 23% less mallards, there's 18% less gray ducks, 25% less wigeon, 32% less green-winged teal, uh, blue-winged teal, a bright spot, they're up 19%, the spoonbill is down 17 northern pintail down 21%, canvasbacks are down 10 uh, redheads, another bright spot, they're up 35%, And the the dogri, or scarp, uh, really not much change, and below the long-term average of 28%. So based on the breeding population, uh, the survey numbers, it does not look good for this season. Of course, things can change locally. You get some hard, hard fronts and freeze up some of those flooded cornfields to the north, and you might see some birds here. Teal season, probably going to be pretty good. Again, depends. You know, we get tropical storms and depressions in September. And barring those, we should have a a pretty good teal season, as we've enjoyed for quite a while. All right, some other things on our calendar this week, uh, August 25th. That's Thursday night, 6 o'clock. North Shore chapter of the CCA is having their annual banquet. That will be at the Castine Center on Pelican Drive in Mandeville. And uh, they've got tickets available. You can call Sam Hopper, 225-952-9200. You can get them at the door. That uh, ticket will include your membership and also the dinner and an open bar. So hope to see you there. That's my home chapter, and I'll be there Thursday night. All right, I've got some more information, too. We're going to talk more with uh, Brendan Bayard, our paddling field reporter, about this. But the Coastal Conservation Association, the CCA, uh, sponsoring and returning Ride the Bull to Grand Isle. That's going to be next weekend, August 26th and 27th. That's Friday and Saturday. Uh, it's the largest kayak fishing tournament. It's named Ride the Bull because of those... Big bull redfish that are cruising there in Kamenata Pass. It's, it's quite a sight. I've been down there, and uh, you see all these plastic kayaks all filling up the, the pass there and hooking up to those big bull reds that give them what they call a Cajun sleigh ride. So if you want to get in on it, uh, you can go to the CCA website, check it out. It's going to be at Bridgeside Marina in Grand Isle coming up uh, next weekend, August 26th and 27th. All right, um, also let me check on our text message board. We're looking for a couple of things. And I, I see i got a favorite Captain Toe field story here. This one says, my favorite Captain T story was me, this is the, the texter, and you, meaning me, were fishing with him. We had a fishing trip with Captain Toe, and we had a blast. We caught four fish, the best four fish tripping, fishing trip ever. Joe uh, Joe Vitale, good to hear from you, Joe Joe. Hadn't heard from you in quite a while uh, glad you're listening to the show. And, yeah, any time you went fishing with Captain Tofield Bourgeois, didn't matter. You could catch one fish. You could catch 100 fish. You were going to have a good time. He would keep you entertained, as he did with a lot of the listeners here on the radio. And here's another one. Says, I remember the time you called him for a fishing report, and he and Blondie, <laughs> was, a.k.a. Eileen, which was his wife, were in Oregon driving up the west coast. He said the fishing was down <coughs> due to the west wind. Uh, very unpredictable. You still haven't filled his spot in your show. You, we'll be never be able to fill the void in this show left by Captain Tofield. All right, we're going to be back and talk to Jeff Brule, one of our field reporters. He's got a bass fishing report for you. It's next, right here on the outdoors, with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And Jeff Brule is our bass fishing field reporter. His reports each week are brought to you by Pure Fishing, a division of Berkeley, and they've got the new Slammer 4 spinning reel by Penn. It's the ultimate workhorse reel taken to a new level. It's got improvements to its Dura-Drag system, smoother 8 plus 1 bearings, I mean really smooth, and a line roller that is better sealed to repeal salt water for you surf fishermen. Check it out. It's the Slammer A4 by Penn, a product of pure fishing. And we say good morning to Jeff Brule. And, Jeff, the Mississippi River is starting to fall again. And if you would explain how people that fish bass in Venice live and die with that river level.
3: Oh, yeah, it can be very, very important when you go down there. You need to check tide and river levels, especially all, all along the coast. It's important. Now, you Pearl River, all that area, too. Uh, the reason why it's so important is when the river is above five feet on the New Orleans gauge, that means the water levels are high enough down in Venice that the fish can get out in the marsh, out in the canes, little ponds and drains way up on the land and you can't reach them. They're basically just unavailable, if you want to put it that way. So when the river gets down like it is now, coming back down, they have to come out to the main channels. They have to get in the canes. And it's a lot easier to catch them.
1: Yeah, last uh, week at tournament you reported had a six-pound winning stringer, which is Really bad for Venice, or really, for most areas, but that's going to fall now and change, so things are looking good. As far as the Atchafalaya Basin, that's also an area that's controlled by the river, but a different river, the Atchafalaya.
3: Right. It's the same story. Like I said, different spot. Uh, and the basin's tough right now. Yeah, you, know, you add in the summer heat, and just about everywhere on the coast is tough. Uh, you can go catch a few pan fish like the Gogolai. That's a good backup plan. But the bas- bass fishermen are... Telling me that those areas over there is you know, just tough. If um, you try pitching Texas rigs outside mats, maybe punching some of the mats, and then try your beetle spins and your corks and jigs for the goggle eye around the cypress trees and mats, and sometimes you'll come home with a few fish. But overall, just the reports I have all across the state are, are poor to fair.
1: Jeff, that, that Tangipahoe area, Tangipahoe River, Tickfaw River, those areas, really hit hard by Hurricane Ida, had some fish kills due to oxygen, you know, being reversed and uh, fish dying there. Is there any signs of a comeback over there right now?
3: Yeah, some of the guys are telling me they're catching some small fish, you know, the 6-8-inch to eight inch fish, which is, is typical after about a year after the storm. That's the size you get for the first year. But they said they are catching a few numbers over there, so – Hopefully by this time next year you'll get up to the 12, 13, 14 inch size fish and they'll they'll be abundant and uh, hopefully after that uh, you, you start getting some bigger fish mixed in and they grow fairly quick and the population comes back pretty good as long as you don't have another storm but overall it's just going to take take time but it's a good sign to see the fish returning.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard from my buddy the king of the tick farm, uh, Frankie why He's been spending time saltwater fishing and I think that's the reason why. It should be coming back, though, next year. Jeff, we have a real destination freshwater fishing area in the state. It's in the, the, the northwest corner. really extends down to the north uh, central part of the state on the western Texas border, and that's to lead a bend. Uh, tell us about what's happening there during this late summer period.
3: Uh, the reports are fair. They are catching a few fish, but it's kind of like the main river channels, the creek arm channels. There's, uh, this time of year the shad will start gathering up, Because later, when it gets a little cooler, they'll start migrating into the the pockets. But right now, they're all out, scattered out on the main lake. And you have to get the right weather pattern, and you have to find those pods of fish. And there'll be bass underneath them, but they're just so hard to find because they move every day. But that's kind of the pattern you have to fish is you have to get out in the main channel, throw crankbaits and things like that, try to find those areas that are holding fish. Uh, the crappie report's about the same. You, if you know where some brush piles are, you can catch a few early morning fish. But it basically, basically just wait for the weather to change. You get a couple more weeks, hopefully we'll get a front, cool the water down, and things will start biting a little better.
1: Jeff, we got these hot, muggy days, uh, summertime, daytime thunderstorms pop up. A lot of people fish at night. I haven't fished at night in quite a while. Give us some tips if somebody wants to try some nighttime fishing and kind of beat the heat, save on the sunscreen.
3: Oh you know, yeah, it's it's a good good time of year to do it. Uh, first, you want to try to plan your trips when you get a moon that's overhead. You know, if you come a couple of days after the full moon, you'll get the early morning moon where it's say four or five o'clock in the morning, good bright light that you can fish, and you fish all the way to about daylight, maybe an hour after daylight, or you can go right at dark and fish maybe an hour or two after sunset. So. You try to plan your trips on that. And then another thing um, you can do is uh, use dark baits. Uh, the fish key on the outline of the fish, so black and Junebug colors stand out in the dark. You know, they don't really see the color, but they can see the outline of the bait. Another thing is kind of fish slowly. Big 10-inch worms, you can drag those on the bottom just about anywhere and, and catch fish. So that, uh, if you can find a pocket of fish at night and you stay on them, you can catch, catch some good fish numbers at night Um, because usually that's the time they're feeding because temperatures are cooler and but you plan the moon and everything to for a trip and sometimes you can get some good trips this time of year at night
1: very good thanks for the report and the tips and jeff by the way our listeners can uh can actually see you in action uh on bayou wild tv our episode this week when we went to davis pond and we did a vanishing paradise piece over there in lake catawatchee went fishing that's airing right now on bayou wild tv and they can find all the channels and times and listings, and even watch it online on YouTube. If you go to bayouwildtv.com, did a great job, Jeff. You look good on the big redfish you hauled in.
3: Yeah, they had some fish over there. We caught a few fish that day. I was surprised after the storm that you know it comes back. It's amazing how it's just like a nursery, and all of a sudden you got bait everywhere, fish everywhere, and you know Louisiana's marsh is resilient. It just bounces right back.
1: Yep, just need that grass to come back. That's the key for fishing over there. Jeff, thanks again for the report. Great talking with you. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Don. All right, there he goes, Jeff Bruhl. All right, coming up next, going to get to some of your text messages, and maybe we hear a little bit from – Voice from the past, Captain Toffield Bourgeois. All this on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, those of you that uh, follow my Facebook page, you might have seen a very interesting photo, a little pic that we put up there, and it's a guy named Chris Riley in Alabama. I call him the super sportsman of Alabama. Uh, Chris was involved in, a, in an accident and confined to a wheelchair, but uh, Chris is a motivator. Uh, he He doesn't let that stop him from doing anything. And the picture you're going to see is him and his Alabama boys with a 11-foot, 9-inch bull alligator that was missing a half a foot off its tail. So clearly should have been a 12-footer. This thing is a monster, and Chris was part of it. Check it out. It's on on my Facebook page and you'll see uh, Chris Riley uh, from one of our Alabama buddies and actually got a chance to fish with Chris. He came over here. We went out and made a trip with Deadly Dudley and Martha Spencer. He's a great guy, a wonderful sportsman, and uh, he's a role model for people who think that they've got it bad and got it tough. He doesn't let any of that stop him. Congratulations on that big gator, Chris. All right, the Alabama dove season is going to open up in the north zone on September the 4th and in the south zone September 11th. Uh, Mississippi gets underway September 3rd, both the north and the south zones, uh, as does Louisiana on September the 3rd. Um, Texas is going to be opening up uh, on Labor Day weekend with uh, a white wing season. I'll be participating in that. If you know of any dove hunts that are taking customers uh, for day pay hunts, please send me their information, or if you happen to do that, let me know who you are in contact. I get so many people that are looking for dove hunts, and uh, just not enough of them to go around. All right, we're going to take a quick pause and let our local stations identify themselves. When we come back, this was the time of the morning when we used to get reports from Captain Tofield Bourgeois, and we'll take you back in time and hear a little sound from Captain Toe. right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.
3: <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he tells me, okay,
1: I went to California, I went to Minnesota, they talk funny there. Hey, Captain Toe, yeah. what you talking what's about what's this morning?
2: On, man. Oh, a little bit of everything, because, yeah, it's just amazing how every place, I, every time I go somewhere, everyone just talks so different. But for some reason, they yeah. all scratch their head when I'm talking. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the deal there,
1: And that was the familiar voice of Captain Toe Bourgeois with that wonderful accent he had that people commented on all across the country, and we sure do miss him here. All right, checking on our our, our text message board. Uh, we got the River Rat asking about the Cajun invasion in Alaska. Didn't make it this year, possibly next year. If we do, we'll certainly put the word out. Uh, Justin uh, is in the refuge. Until the refuge, he's got praying mantis over there. They're praying. Is that P-R-A-Y or P-R-E-Y? I think it's both. They're kind of a... Uh, predator on other insects, but they also uh, have their their paws kind of folded in prayer. All right, here's uh, Ed, our buddy in Wilmer, Alabama. He's having his breakfast and coffee and listening to the show. Uh, let's see, we've got um, one more week, and the Plastic Navy invades Grand Isle. Hope the weather holds. The biscuits, boudin, fresh coffee will be at Bridgeside. We're going to get a paddler's report from Brendan Bayard. I think he's been down there or going down there to Grand Isle. We'll get a report on the bull reds in the past. We also have uh, the eyes and ears of Daryl Carpenter. He fishes there regularly. He's been catching a lot of trout and catching them quick, but uh, he also keeps tabs on the redfish. All right, we got the Lafayette yacker checking in. He's got some smoke boudin from heaven. He's always on the boudin, the biscuits. All right, uh, if you want to text us uh, your, uh, your own report or text us some information that you'd like to pass along, or, again, I'm looking for, for dove fields. Uh, and I tried to do this last year, <clears throat> help some people out, find a place to go dove hunting, and just hard to find them. All right, also got information in on the uh, Louisiana Youth Saltwater Series that's that's coming on, uh, put out by the, uh, the the FCA, the fishing uh, I think that's Fishing Christian Association. Anyway, uh, they are going to be putting on an extensive tournament. It's going to cover the entire coast. And if you, we'll be giving you more information on this and when we get a little bit closer to it. But it's got uh, tournaments that are going to be held out at Tree and uh, at the Cocoa Marina. Uh, the spring-summer season is going to be at Hopedale. I think the earliest one is in November. They're also going to be fishing Big Lake and uh, lots of other areas. That's the FCA's uh, youth Saltwater Fishing Series. It's brand new, first time out, and we'll be on top of it to give you the details. <clears throat> all right, 504-260-187. You got a text message. You want to pass along some information, your uh, comments, your questions, we take all that here. we come back after this next break, we're going to be talking to someone out there in the West. We talked to Captain Kirk Stansel of uh, Hackberry Rod and Gun. I'll see if he's spotting any of those little teal out there and how the fishing's been over in the Calcasieu-Big Lake area. His report is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network on Westwood One. And we talked to Captain Kirk. Not that Kirk. No, not the one on the starship. Uh, Captain Kirk out at Hackberry Rod and Gun, and we were talking about that 12-foot alligator that Chris Riley and his gang over in Alabama, their alligator season is open. Louisiana season is uh, almost upon us, and if you want to hunt a gator, i got just a guy to do it, and we'll be talking to him right after the top of the hour, Grady Galliano at the island. They've got some open tags. Let's talk to Kirk Stancil over there in the Hackberry and uh, Calcasieu area. Kirk, y'all hunt gators over there? Got much alligator hunting takes place? you know not
4: not as much anymore uh you know because there's no no money in it and uh you know as far as the hides um and the marshes we hunt you know they're pretty brackish shallow we don't get big alligators so we don't do sport hunting and yeah. uh and or did you know didn't do sport hunting in and, and the last well i haven't i, I started hunting them in seven, 1978 and five years ago we gave up our tag and just just quit it
1: yeah, well, the value now in the alligator is in the uh, the recreational hunting aspect of it. As you said, I mean, there's so many alligators now. There's yeah, no, exactly. alligator farms. It's it, there's just no money in it for commercial use. But a lot of people like to get them. It's kind of strange, you know. You would think that those marsh areas would would have a lot of big alligators, but the bigger ones seems to come around the areas that have deeper rivers. You know, like the deep water they like that. Correct. They like deeper water. Bigger. No doubt about it.
4: Uh, you, you just uh... You know, the shallow marshes we're in, you you just, the ones we hunted, they weren't, you know, you're lucky to get an eight, nine footer. That'd be a big, you know, now years ago, back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, we caught some 11s, never caught a 12, caught some big 11s, but, uh, which is at the heck of an alligator.
1: <laughs> you know, that's they, they, they made a comeback around, you know, in the early 70s, mid-70s. You couldn't even find an alligator. They were almost extinct. Right. Then they put them on the endangered list, and then that's why they got big because they lived longer. And they stopped hunting them. Exactly. And they, then they reopened it up, and it's been managed very tightly, and now we just got an overabundance of them. Let me ask you this, Kirk. I've cleaned a couple alligators in my time. Is there anything nastier than cleaning an alligator?
4: Nothing.
3: <laughs> Nothing.
1: You know, no, people
4: talk about it. You know, the people come to lodge, they talk about eating alligator stuff. Like, you're not going to get me to
1: eat one. Uh, so <laughs> well, I, I've uh, had too,
4: I had too many of them puke in my boat, and, and I've I seen what they eat. No, no way.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's a job. Uh, my, 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 you know, that dirty job show. That ought to show an alligator skinner. That is one of the nastiest sure ones. there. <laughs> well, Kirk, how's the fishing been? It ain't quite as nasty cleaning those speckled trout. They, they clean it no, nice not. and the, easy. The fish,
4: the fish has been good, Don. Uh, the trout fishing really picked up a lot. It's uh, We're catching a lot of – I mean, and we're catching them along a the ship channel up north of West Cove, nothing down south. The, the big bull reds are down there. But out in the lake over the deeper reefs, that, I mean – as long as it's calm enough you can get out there we're catching a lot and you can throw live shrimp you can throw artificial you, you'll do equally as well on either one. Uh, there's a lot of lady fish so the trick with live shrimp with a lot of ladyfish and needlefish is when you if you throw your cork out there as soon as it hits pop it and just let it sit. don't do a lot of popping because that attracts the other stuff and the trout have been fighting the shrimp without popping and, the, and now the artificial, there's a lot, of, like I said, a lot of ladyfish. You want to fish it on the bottom, deep. Let it fall down and kind of slow roll your bait. Not really work it; just slow roll it on the bottom. That's been, that's been the technique's been working for us.
1: That's some really good advice and tips on dealing with those pesky ladyfish. And I can tell you, I've seen people—they don't realize it's a needlefish, but they'll keep trying to set that hook and set that hook and pop that cork. Oh yeah, and never, well, never you. catch it. <laughs> that's right.
4: When, when your cork runs sideways, that's a needlefish. You got you know, A fish, a, you know, a real fish, gonna bring it under. A needle fish usually gonna run sideways with your cart.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear the trout fishing's picked up. How about redfish and flounder? Any action on those? Uh,
4: not, not much on them. Uh, the, I mean, there's plenty of bull reds, but the slot reds just uh, we're having a tough time finding them. You, you know, you'll find little pockets of a few here and there, but nothing to go out and just say I'm gonna get my limit. That, that's not happening right now. And usually mid late September, the reds seem to show back up.
1: Well, Kirk, I know y'all are probably looking forward to and booking teal hunts. Have you spotted any of those little blue-winged devils yet?
4: No. I have yet to see one. I've uh, been in the marsh. Marshes are in great shape, looking good. Uh, you know, We've been getting just enough rain to hold our marshes. I mean, you know, it, go, go just 100 miles west of us, and, it, you know, they're dry, and which I think is going help with this. If we continue with this drought or not a whole lot of rain, I think there will be a lot of uh, teal in the marsh.
1: Yep. Well, the blue wing population is up, so uh, the stage is set. Probably going to be a good season. And, you know, that's probably one of the better species to do the cast and blast because, you know, you can go out and get a limited teal really early, and then you got the whole rest of the day to fish. So yeah. if somebody wants to get a cast and blast in, tell them uh, how to get a hold of you and check it out.
4: Okay. Uh, well, we have a toll free number. It's 888 762 3391. Go to our website, Hackberry Rod and Gun, spelloutand.com. And, uh, you know, you can see our live webcam on the guys bringing in and all the information and pictures, you know, what's going on here.
1: And, um, you know, you guys, uh, you know, have the the lodging and the meals and everything there so you can accommodate big groups. It's a, it's a wonderful That's place. That's right. We can.
4: It's,
1: it's a great time of the year. Well, listen, stay clear of those alligators. And, and if they're try <laughs> to serve you so I'll remember to never serve you alligator on your plate please don't i won't eat it <laughs> <laughs> all right kirk y'all try to have fun over there today and we'll catch up with you next time. every day okay yes, don indeed. good
4: talking to you have a great show thank you
1: all righty kirk Stansoy. we call him captain kirk over there in the hackberry area all right we come back after this we uh, move a little closer to the east central part of the state captain Daryl carpenter got some good reports out of grand isle despite the rain this week We'll get him to share that info with you right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we get reports on uh, Grand Isle and areas to the immediate north from uh, Captain Darryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. And, Daryl, you got your day straight. Uh, didn't have much luck calling in the show yesterday, did you? Oh, man, no, no, not at all. Uh, I'm glad I caught myself. You
5: know, we made that mistake once before.
1: <laughs> Darrell, uh, you've been getting some early limits on trout it must be good over there this week, tell us about it. Well, what
5: happened, Don, is what we talked about the last few weeks, that the back just hasn't had a whole lot of fish in it, and, uh, we believe that all our fish were up front well, this week the seas calmed down enough where we could get out front, and sure enough, it's proven true uh, I mean, Elmer's Island, uh, the rocks and all in front of Grand Isle the Fouchon Barge, and everything is just Full of fish up front right now, and they're hungry. i mean, still got some. We still got some big brown shrimp left. There, uh, the whites really hadn't showed up yet, but they're still chasing those shrimp, especially early in the morning. And then after that kind of dies down, they're going deep. <clears throat> so if you saw that social media report I put up yesterday, you know, yesterday morning we started just hammering them right as soon as we, I mean, like the third cast, and that it was all under carp. Well, once the birds kind of quit, the shrimp kind of quit jumping. We moved everything to the bottom, and, and the harvest continued. It's just the fish didn't leave. The shrimp left, and those fish went deeper. So, I mean, look, I've got reports from people catching them on croakers, reports from people catching them on shrimp. Yesterday, I, I got the same croakers in my live well that's been riding around with me for three days. Uh, we've never opened the live well. So, I mean, the live bait is an assurance. We always bring it, but right now it's just been all plastic. There's just been no need
1: for the live bait. Yep, you can certainly put a fish in a box a lot quicker with plastics than you can fool them with live bait. Darrell, I'm looking at the Grand Isle radar right now. It looks like some little pop-up showers and stuff moving up from the south to the north. I guess that's going to continue all day. But it looks like you're going to be some calm winds again today.
5: Yeah, it looks like we got a little more coverage on the rain than what we've had the last couple of days. Um, Hopefully it doesn't make us move off of where we've been. But, I mean, you just got to kind of spot them. The good thing is it looks like they're blowing up, lasting about an hour and going away. Now, when they come up, there's been a whole lot of wind with them. But once they die down, it's going back to calm.
1: Yep, some good stuff. Now, you're catching a lot of fish. What are the sizes on these trout? Are these like the 13, 14 inches or a little bigger? Don, it's been really
5: strange. You know, you and I filmed a lot of TV shows, and we talked about working flocks of birds and how there's usually a, a size to those fish. Not now. I don't know what it is that, that they're acting different, but you can work a flock of birds, and you can catch you a bunch of, you know, 12-, 10-inch fish that you got to throw back, and then all of a sudden you're catching 18-, 20-inch fish under the same flock of birds. Wow. So it's been it's been really good it's been really kind of a weird year and uh look the birds have been staying they haven't been real sketchy which is a a talk for another day it's a show for another day we need to talk about bird etiquette again uh (laughs) but uh as long as as long as somebody without a trolling motor doesn't try to keep up with those birds on the big engine you know it's uh the birds have just been staying and you've been you've been able to get 15 20 fish out of a block of birds
1: well, catching 18 to 20 inch trout under birds is, uh, that's heaven. Doesn't get much better than that. Daryl. one last thing I wanted to check with you. Got the big ride, the bull coming up next week. Kayak is going to fill up coming out of pass. Are those bulls in there ready to go? Oh, yeah. They showed up,
5: what, three, uh, about two weeks ago they showed up and uh, started getting really consistent reports of catching those bulls. So they should have a good rodeo. There should be a lot of bull redfish caught.
1: Very good. Well, Daryl, anything else you want to add before we check out here? Just
5: look, if you're fishing, if, if you see two or three boats on a flock of birds, and I don't mean this me, but if you don't have the equipment to fish those birds, don't mess up the other two or three boats. Just say, turn. I need to go buy a trolling motor.
1: Yeah, if you don't have a trolling motor, cut the big engine off and try to get upwind and, and just drift into them. And if you don't, well, uh, go for another day and go get you a good trolling motor, because uh, you can certainly screw right, up a, right, a good right. bird, a good bird catch when you run into them like that. Darrell, somebody wants to get you. That uh, you're on my website. Even got a picture of you there. You got your own site, Reelscreamers.com. That's like the fishing reel, R E E L. Give them the telephone number if they want to give you a call and get in on some of this summer fishing. Head as we head into the fall. Yeah, they can simply call two
5: two five nine three seven. Six
1: two eight eight. And you got your days straight now, so you should be good to go. Where are you fishing today? Who yeah, it's are you fishing Saturday. with? I think I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you fishing with today?
5: Oh, we got the same crew we had yesterday, so I got a high ladder to climb because now they got their wives with them. <laughs>
1: so well, good okay. deal. I
5: better still be there, and I better be just as good
1: at it. I'm sure you will. Well, you guys have fun, you guys and girls, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week.
5: All right, Don, have a good
1: day, buddy. All right, that's Captain Daryl Carpenter, reports on the Grand Isle area. It's a good report. Uh, wind's finally laying down. Yeah, you're going to get some wet stuff out there, bring the wet weather gear, and if you see those clouds and start feeling that cool breeze, you got to get moving and you can get away from those storms as they chase you around. But as Daryl said, look for those flocks of birds. What's happening there, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, uh, there's fish on the bottom. They find these schools of shrimp, these big balls of, of bait, and they'll get underneath it and drive the shrimp up to the surface, and then that's when the birds spot them, and the birds are attacking from the top, and you got the fish underneath, and if you can drift in there nice and quiet and easy, shut the big motor off and... Troll motor up against those to throw underneath those birds. Uh, the action can be nonstop, quick and, and heavy. All right, coming up next hour, we're going to check in with uh, Grady Galliano. You want to be an alligator hunter? He'll fix you up. they got everything they need, tags, gear, equipment. You can even spend the night in their lodge. We'll talk to him about that. Captain Mike Gallo, born on the bayou, will talk about fishing the Lake Bourne area. For you paddlers getting ready for the ride, the bull in your kayak, Brendan Bayard joins us. And we close it out with Captain Ryan Lambert from Cajun Fishing Adventures. Also going to hear again from our buddy Captain Tofield Bourgeois and also the story of the charter captain imposter. It's our bad boys of the outdoors. All that's coming up in hour number two, right here on the Outdoors with Down Dubuque Radio
0: Network.